favorite order at In-N-Out? My favorite order at In-N-Out? Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, uh, well, my name is uh, David Kruger, and uh, my favorite order at In-N-Out is uh, now just a, a hamburger. Just a regular cheeseburger or hamburger, no cheese? No cheese. Oh, yeah. just naked, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> any like fries or any drink or anything like um, that? Yeah, I would do uh, uh, animal fries would be good. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, personally, I used to have in my early 20s, shake-offs. What's uh, a shake-off? A shake-off. So you get a shake, I get a shake. First one done wins. Oh, we should try that. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. I feel like you could cheat nowadays, yeah. though. Like if you just get, you know, the paper straw, you're you're handicapped with that paper straw. But mm -hmm. if you bring your own straw, like a thick straw, yeah, like one of those really good one. big gulp ones. No, you got you got to have equal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> equal I'm always looking. Straws. I'm always looking for that angle, Dave. Right? Yeah. That's how I roll as I try to figure it out. You know, poke a hole in the bottom or something, have it go into the you cup. You would, you would do something like yeah. that. Yeah, but hey, it's only cheating if you get caught, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how we roll. But let me check these levels, mm -hmm. and then I'll do the intro, and we'll get started. All right, welcome to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your host, Venture O'Neill. This is Hannah, and we got a good one for you guys. Go ahead, and I mean, I guess you already introduced yourself with the. Uh, in and out order. We've been doing that more and we mm -hmm. kind of like to keep that a natural thing just because it tells a lot about how somebody is going to be. Like you got a real simple order, you know, <laughs> you're probably a pretty easygoing guy. It's one of those things where we're kind of able to gauge how the guest is going to go, how we need to steer the episode because it can be a lot sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like if you come in here and you're like, I like three cheeseburgers, all different. I want like Ikenna was like, I want half strawberry, half chocolate shake and this and that. And it's like, come on, why you got the people working so hard back there, right? <laughs> Just keep it easy. And it's in and out. It's such a simple place. You know what you're getting. You're getting yeah. a burger, like a hundred percent. You're getting a burger. So thanks for coming out. Tell us where you're from. Uh, so originally I grew up in Irvine uh, okay. and uh, moved to Tustin. That was for my older brothers. They go to school over there. Uh, so I spent you know, most of my life there through high school. And then after that, I ended up moving to Costa Mesa and Newport Beach okay. area. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. And we met through the, uh, that great, it's like the great American park festival yeah. from a week or two ago. And you were a vendor, uh, just slinging hot sauce, doing your thing, educating the people. Right. And I saw you and I was like, Oh, that's a really cool, like business this guy's got going on. And you had great energy and just like a cool vibe. That's really what we do. Mm -hmm. I try to not do like I do my research, but I don't want to know like the whole story, the ins and out, blah, 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 because then it feels a little scripted on the show. I like learning it. So I just go off of vibes. Like she'll find somebody be like, yeah. hey, I really like this artist. You know, she does this thing and we'll have her on. Right. And then just learn about her process. But yeah, tell us about sort of a little bit about the hot sauce thing that you got going on. Yeah. So uh, there's actually kind of a, a pretty solid story behind that. Um, to me, it actually just na it, it naturally happened. Um, I didn't like decide to like get into the food industry or anything like that. Um, so I was an athlete for my whole life. Um, initially was a rower in college, um, for like the more, I guess, professional side of things. Where'd so, you go to school? Uh, Orange Coast College. Oh, bet. OCC. Yeah. yeah. Bet. Yeah. And then, uh, from rowing, I ended up, uh, teaching rowing classes. So similar to how like, uh, they have in like an Orange Theory or, or row, uh, row house. Okay. Um, so doing like, you know, fitness classes on the rowing machines and, uh, through that I got into the Newport Aquatic Center, which has all of the different watercraft sports. So then I got involved in outrigger canoeing, uh, which like I just kind of fell in love with from day one, uh, pretty much. So I was surfing a lot at the time, uh, rowing's a flat water sport. Outrigger canoeing is an ocean sport where you surf wind waves. 
So from the first day that I went in the ocean and caught a wave, I, you know, just been kind of hooked on it since. So that was my life for the last 15 years. Mm. Um, oh, cool. And then, uh, I've always, so the water sports and everything's been a passion of mine, but also food has always been a passion of mine too. Um, just from the, the experiences of, you know, you had an epic meal somewhere and it like left a memory for you. Right. Uh, and I thought it was, it's just so cool that food can do that. Um, maybe it's part of my personality that it also like, I'm a kind of person that, that does get like an experience from, from that. Um, so what happened was I, uh, ended up, uh, gardening a lot because I was making salsa all the time. And, uh, one year I had a lot of peppers from that and I'm thinking, what am I going to do with all these things? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> so I did like the very basic hot sauce, um, you know, vinegar, peppers, and a little bit of salt. Um, and then, uh, I did that as a fundraiser for my canoe paddling team. Mm. Oh, cool. And so over time I would always ask people, Hey, what do you think about this? And the little things and can, should I tweak this or that? Is right. it too hot? Is it this? Is it too much vinegar? Is it too, you know? So over a little bit of time, you know, I, I kind of did get explorative in my flavors cause that's, that's me. I right. like all kinds of new foods and um, different cuisines and stuff. So, um, it sort of ended up going through that, um, uh, because we're not professionals. Like as we get paid, we pay our way because we love it. Mm. Um, so for when we're doing any kind of traveling races, um, I sold hot sauce for, at our fundraisers and people loved it. So that's it just cool. sort of over time became a thing. Um, and I, I wasn't actually, uh, really intending for it to like be a business. Mm -hmm. Um, and then about a year and a half ago or so, uh, I did a farmer's market, just a small little one. I'm new to everything. I don't yeah. know anything about markets or, or any of it. So, um, you know, got some small supplies and set up a thing. And again, like the people, I got really, really good feedback. So it, you know, kind of was building a little head of steam sort of thing. But from that first market, I did maybe two or three in a week. And then, um, you know, so I was at the aquatic center for most of the time. And then sometimes half day at a market and then I'd go back to the aquatic center and finish working the day there. Um, and then I had a neighboring vendor. He, he looked, you know, we were, we were talking and, uh, he said, man, you got to try the LA County fair. And I was like, Oh really? Like, well, what about it? And this is like, I'm not kidding. Like maybe a month before the fair. Mm. And this is the first one they're having out of COVID. Oh, gosh. Um, it's going to be huge, huh? Yeah, it's a yeah. big thing, yeah. right? And they're just kind of getting it back going. But they shifted it from September to May also. So it's totally different. Oh, wow. You know, they're, they're kind of just starting again almost, right? And uh, usually they close off applications for vendors within a certain time. And I, don't know, I sent an email and, you know, they got back to me and said, yeah, okay. And I did the application. And to me, it didn't dawn on me like what I was getting into right. until in the day that like my payment went through. Mm. Um, cause this other vendor was telling me like, dude, there's like a hundred thousand people a day or something or That's whatever. Crazy. I was like, Oh my God, like how much hot sauce would I sell? <laughs> <here right now?" laughs> so I like did the full scramble, you know, and basically since that day that my payment went through, I've been full time in hot sauce. Wow. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. That's And awesome. how did that first though LA County fair do for you though? It was good. Yeah. I mean, I had obviously a lot of expenses and stuff, so, uh, I was able to, to cover the expenses, awesome. um, but also the experience of it. Like, yeah. th this is something that like, you know, it's worth so much, you know, because not just in I, how do, what do I expect now from next year as like, you know, how well would I do sort of thing, but every little detail of what people say. So like the feedback that you're getting, 
<clears throat> and uh, like how you're giving a sample, you know, um, you know, how, how do you even grab somebody to even stop at your booth or something? Cause most people just kind of cruise on by mm. and, and my personality, I'm, I'm, I'm very calm, you know, I'm not right. like a aggressive kind of person. So I'm not like barking at people to mm -hmm. come stop at my booth. Like, Hey, clearly it's hot sauce. Yeah. If you want to stop, you're going to stop. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of, you know, is that kind of just like how that. you did it? Just let people come, like come up. You didn't really like you right. know, yell out anything or you yeah. just kind of just hanging out. Yeah. If they yeah. stop, they stop. I don't cool. bark at anybody or anything, but it was cool to see all the other vendors, um, you know, because I'd only remembered when I was like a little kid, but now I'm like kind of a part of it. Right. And then like, what do people say on a banner? Uh, some people have like really beautiful lighting in their mm. booth and stuff. So I was like kind of learning all the little things. And, you know, so now so I can so I can learn. You know? Yeah. Learn. What year was that? Uh, that was uh, two years ago. So have you uh, been going like the, these other years since then to the L.A. County Fair? Uh, I think, well. When I was a little kid, my mm -hmm. mom remembers. I don't remember mm -hmm. anything because um, it was so long ago. But um, yeah, that so that was 2021, mm -hmm. and then I did or sorry 2022. Oh, 22. Okay. And then I did this year 2023. This year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those were the two years that I've done there so far. Yeah, yeah. you talk about your mom. How many uh, siblings do you have? You come from a big family, small family? Uh, yeah, a big family. I have three older brothers. Mm -hmm. And you're the youngest. So I'm the, the youngest, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's that like? Uh, it's to me, I mean, it's the only perspective I know, but, yeah. um, it's, it's good. I, I love it because I get to learn from my older brothers, you know, mm -hmm. I could see one of them make a mistake and go, okay, yeah, I won't do that. <laughs> they always say that the, the youngest one's always the best athlete, right? Always the most mature because yeah. always getting beat up by the older ones. I'm the oldest. So uh, yeah. and I just have one sister. She's seven years older, mm -hmm. but I'm it's the like, youngest. Yeah. Well, I have a twin sister, so we're the youngest, and then I have two older siblings. And there's just so many differences within like our family dynamic, where obviously I'm a leadership role in everything I do, yeah, yeah. and then she's kind of just, just bottom the thing, yeah. like hang around <laughs> or whatever, and it's just it's kind of funny. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But I really like you're talking about sort of human behavior, right? Kind of figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and those are tools that I do kind of with mine, obviously. I work in finance were two different things, but as you build any company, you, you got to run booths, no matter kind of what you're doing, you got to be out there on socials, right? Doing stuff. And it's just really cool to find those things that kind of fit like the hot sauce guy. Right. And you just, everything that you do, even like clips on social or just things that caught my eye. It's pretty cool how you're able to learn more about people, right? Kind of within working your craft, you learn so much about people, um, some people you don't like being so aggressive towards, right? They maybe are, you don't want to be too pushy, right? Some people you kind of have to push a little bit and it's just super cool. But tell us like, what was your first flavor that you were able to build? And then, cause when I stopped at the booth, man, you had like 10, 15 flavors all mm -hmm. lined up and like, it's so cool that you're able to kind of handcraft all that and what are sort of the differences and how long does it take you to kind of come up with each one? Yeah. So, uh, my first flavor, uh, it, it, very, 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 very first, like, ever was like my garden peppers, uh, vinegar, and some salt. Uh, after that, I started getting a little more creative. Um, obviously, I love like all, a lot of different uh, types of food. Um, there's a little taco shop in LA called Tacos Por Favor, and they have this salsa that had these spices in it. And I, I'd never had anything like that before. And I was like, man, what is this? I even asked them, I said, Hey, what do you, what mm -hmm. are the spices you put in this and so forth? They're like, Oh, they just send it to us and we make it. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, well, 
from my memory of tasting it, I then my second sauce was that same thing, you know, peppers, vinegar, now added some spices mm. and more warming spices like holiday kind of things, um, like a nutmeg or like cloves or allspice, uh, these kind of, kind of spices. And then after that, you know, just kind of did more and more. I can't even remember what the next flavors I did were, but I do remember uh, one of which when I would go to lunch with my coworkers, you know, we always go for burritos or something or whatever. And a lot of times I'm craving Indian food or Thai food or mm -hmm. something else, right? And so I did like a curry hot sauce Ooh. so I could have Indian flavors with my burrito. There you go. Uh, and that was when I started getting like pretty creative uh, with the sauce. But now um, after that, and this is before I'm writing any kind of recipes down because my style of cooking, I just do it off a of feeling, right? Um, and so the, the first sauce that I actually made a label for or anything, um, it's called the Dawn. And uh, it's a pineapple and habanero um, hot sauce. I do add mustard seed to it, so it has a very nice like zestiness. Mm, I think cool. I think the mustard is what kind of completes like the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually named it after my mentor. Um, but the moment where I knew this was like the sauce that I'm keeping for sure, um, I had made it. I w uh, was on my way home and stopped at my local taco shop, got a carne asada taco, um, sitting on my front porch by myself, you know put on the taco and take a bite, you know, pick my head up was like, wow. <laughs> like it was like th that made an impression on me. Right. You know? And so I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta keep this one. And the reason why I named it the Dawn was because <clears throat> my mentor, you know, he's always talking about, you know, being great, doing things better, um, you know, for the right reasons kind of thing. And so this was a sauce that I thought that he would be proud of. And so that's why I ended up naming it that. Oh, that's super yeah, cool. That's awesome. And yeah. again, this was before I'm writing recipes down. Right. So now uh, at the fundraisers, you know, people are trying it. They're like, oh man, like I like this one. And mm -hmm. then, you know, a week or two go by, hey, uh, can I get more of that sauce? You know, oh. like um, I could try. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like if the magic's right. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I, that was the one recipe I for sure absolutely had to actually try to recreate um, mm. because I didn't have the recipe. Right. So, uh, yeah, it took me a, a few times, and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, this is close to it, at least. You know? Right. Um, and that being said, too, I do have, like, a weird uh, knack for uh, when I make things the first time, it turns out incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's it's never the same after that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something that my mind gets into when I'm doing it for the first time, so... That's um, super cool. I like hearing yeah. about that creative process yeah. about like whatever, just hot sauce, right? Whatever people are passionate about and they do it. Like I love it. It could be anything mm. from uh, like an airline or a pilot landing the plane to being like, I just like hearing how mm. people do things that we can't do. Do you bring your own hot sauces like everywhere you go? Like if you go to a restaurant, will you have like your own little... Oh yeah. Is there hot sauce in the car? Yeah. Like in the glove compartment? <laughs> do you have like emergency sauce? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely always have it in the car for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't bring it with me all the time to mm. restaurants. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually not that kind of crazy mm. uh, about using it like all the time for mm. every meal kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I do bring it with me when I'm like specific about it. Like, mm -hmm. okay, say I want to go get hand rolls or something. Um, I do bring one of my Japanese sauces that oh. I had made for sushi. So I'm like, man, I, ha I have to have this with it now. Um, yeah. I do have, actually have a pretty cool story behind sushi as yeah, well. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, I, I had a good friend that I had played basketball with in high school. And um, he liked going to this spot at South Coast. So he takes me there. And, and I had brought a couple of sauces, you know, as like like a gift and stuff. And we were to experiment and 
you know, try it on the food and stuff. And I, I don't want to like kind of disrespect the, the chef or anything. Right. So, you know, here, here's this as a gift. And, uh, my friend told me actually the second time I went that, that I, you know, got to befriend the chef Taiki. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up coming back on one of the dishes, um, and he put my hot sauce on it. Wow. And he's handing the plate over, and I could see the, like, literally the one drop on top. I was like, that's my sauce. <laughs> Dude, this is, honestly, this was one of the best pieces of sushi I've had. Wow. Yeah. Now, I have learned, furthermore, this guy's like a amazing sushi chef. Yeah. Like, I've had some of the best pieces, like, multiple times, every time I've gone. And I really call him, like, the uni master. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he does it so many different ways and every time it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm the kind of person that, you know, in that first meeting with him, he's like, oh man, I love basil. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love basil. You know, it's kind of like a, a theme in our conversations. So, okay. Yeah. I'm, I grow basil, you know, I have a big garden I got different types and stuff. And, uh, I had one plant that was just out of control. And, uh, so the next time I go, I pick off literally like a side of the bush mm-hmm. and bring it to him. And here I am walking through South coast Plaza with this giant <laughs> thing of basil, <laughs> you know, walk into this like nice sushi restaurant. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Here's yeah. a big bouquet of basil. You know, it smelled incredible. Like yeah. if you were anywhere near me, it, the smell was just so amazing. And he liked that. Oh, loved it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about sort of like you're talking about gardening. I want to hear kind of more about that. But sports, you're talking about having such a big athletic background. One of the coolest gifts I think that I try to promote to like young people in general when they don't make it to the NFL or they don't make it to the NBA or you know what I mean? The Olympics or something like that is that the biggest tool and gift that you have throughout playing sports all your life is that you're able to transfer those disciplines mm-hmm. straight from a rowboat, straight from a track or a football field into whatever it is that you want to do, into a business, no matter what your business is, just follow whatever you're passionate about, right? So how have you taken, have you consciously or unconsciously taken sort of the the routines of practice, the disciplines of like competition and sort of come, started competing against yourself? You see what I'm saying? Of like, how do you sort of attack that? How old are you? I'm 38 years old. Okay, 38. Yeah. So you got some time. How have you sort of been doing that kind of like transitioning that mindset? Yeah, it's definitely a, a thing for sure. Um, all that discipline that like, I mean, especially as a rower waking up at sometimes four thirty or five in the morning mm-hmm. and you know people say oh that's early i'm like that's normal right <laughs> you know? but i've always also been a morning person so it hasn't bothered me too much obviously that's earlier than what a normal would be um but yeah the discipline of it the work ethic um and the sports like i mean for me it was yeah waking up that early going training you know uh doing two trainings in the morning kind of thing you rest a little bit, you go back training in the afternoon again. And then for me, like also as a coach, you know, I'm doing also extra as well because, you know, I got to now watch the video afterwards. I got to do all the training programs and such. And, uh, you know, I'm in bed at, you know, 1030 at night, mm-hmm. Yeah, back up at five again and doing it again. But yeah. you, you make that commitment kind of thing too. Um, so for me, actually with the hot sauce, like that kind of discipline and such, like, the hot sauce is a lot of work. Mm. I mean, I'd have these little sample packs and such and um, just the like whole cooking, bottling, prepping everything. Like, I mean, because you still make everything 
yeah. all by yourself. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Like there have been times when, uh, you know, I finished a production and I just felt like I ran a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, it's my stuff too. Like I'm not going to, I can't just, I'm not just clocking out you right. know, and stopping or anything. I don't, you don't, you don't stop till the job's done kind of thing. You know, it's like, I got something to finish here. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I'm time sensitive on that kind of stuff too. So it's, I can't just put a, put a break in it and then start again the next day or right. something like that. I got to get it done. So planning, planning like your time and everything like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. So the sports definitely have made a big, uh, big impact on, mm-hmm. yeah. on that kind of a thing. I'm yeah. not familiar with rowing. The only thing I know about rowing is when we take Keno down to the marina over there and we see like Cal State Long Beach or like Stanford or mm-hmm. somebody's like, they're doing a rate. We've watched race, a few yeah. of the races yeah. out there in the marina. Technical, like how many people, how many men are in a row boat? Uh, is the coach on the back? Is that the coach on the back? Or like, what is that person's name? Are there positions? Like, what is the strategy mm-hmm. behind rowing? Yeah. How far is the race? Does it vary? Like, tell me about that. Yeah, so uh, races do vary. Um, each person in the boat has a, a job to do. Um, and they're different size boats. You could have anywhere from one person up to eight people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in the United States, we focus more so on the eights, which are the bigger boat, the faster ones. Um, so eight rowers and a coxswain. The coxswain's like your jockey, oh, basically. The coxswain, huh? But they do everything. They, they coach you. They motivate you. They got to drive the boat. Um, they have to... You know, if they're really, really good, they got to understand your personalities and what specifically to say to implement that motivation. Mm. Oh, it's like, like the quarterback. Like, huh? How to drive that fire. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. So um, the coxswain is very important in the boat. Uh, and then you have different seats in those larger boats. A, a, a stroke seat, who's the one who's setting the tempo for everyone behind them. Because uh, in rowing, you face backwards. So. Uh, right. Then you have like the middle of the boat, which is wait, kinda... wait, wait. So if you're facing backwards, was it the front of the boat that's the stroker? Stro- that's what the, you said. They're right? technically in the back of the boat. Okay, so they're te- they're in the back of the boat, but they're the front of the like if you're sitting yeah. there, they're in the front. Yeah. Okay, and then mm-hmm. who's behind that guy? So then you have your seven seat, who's basically also a stroker because they're on the other side. Their oar is on the other side. Okay. Um, and they have to follow that stroker like perfectly because they're setting the tempo for everyone who's on their side behind them. Mm. Um, and then you have the middle of the boat who's kind of known as like the powerhouse, you know, this is where usually you put your, your bigger guys, but also weight distribution wise, you want your bigger guys in the middle cause there's more bo- volume of boat there. How big is a powerhouse guy averagely? Are we talking like 200? Are we talking 220, 250? Like a, an it, Olympic guy, how big is he? Okay. An Olympic guy. Um, you, Usually you don't want to be really too, too tall, okay. but rowers are going to be really tall and lean. Um, so if you're like six foot seven and like two twenty five. Oh man. Probably. Wow. Okay. Um, for the middle powerhouse guys. Mm. And then your smaller guys, you could be anywhere from like six, one or six, two. Um, gotcha. It's a little more rare to get, you know, smaller than that. Um, cause the bigger you are, the longer your stroke is too. Cause you got a longer reach. That right. makes sense. Um, so and you don't want to go really too tall because then you're actually like have too much reach. Like mm. we had a couple of seven footers on my team when I was a, a freshman and these guys could get their arms so far out that their oar was literally parallel to the hull of the boat. Oh, but like, that's not the, the you know, it's like the opposite direction mm, that your yeah. boat actually wants to go. So there's a certain sort of, you know, and you adjust all your rigging and everything so you can, can set everything up Mac to, to the person's size as well. So you have like, all your angles of everything like is, you know, is wow. spot on that. That's like a higher, higher level. That I like that. Dialing things in. I know? like mm-hmm. that. Who's the best in the world at rowing? Are we killing it? 
uh, were pretty good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the sport kind of started in England. Oh, um, those guys are beat. The Brits are beating us. Uh, no, it just depends year to year. Okay. And it depends on which, um, which size craft as well. Okay. So in our university system, our main event are the eights. Mm-hmm. Um, in Europe, uh, they focus a lot more on sculling, which are the, typically the smaller boats, the singles, the doubles, the quads. Okay. Um, and so it depends on year to year, the kind of group of guys who's good in what, right? But for the most part, you know, yeah, you have like Canada, Britain, uh, U.S., all, and uh, a few other countries too that are all really good at the eights. Um, and now we're trying to implement a program where we're trying to um, support the smaller crafts as well. So it's just how the organization of rowing entirely is kind of run. And that starts, usually you always want to start everything from the young age, so the mm-hmm. juniors up. Um, and yeah, so everyone, it's always a little bit changing, but you'll get those kind of like, you know, top athletes from a country that are just like these beasts, you know. Yeah. Um, New Zealand's had a couple of guys who are just like ridiculous and uh, they just kind of win like year after year mm-hmm. and stuff. And they're so consistent. It's like incredible. Um, That's super cool. I was yeah. actually asked to be on the row team in ninth grade. Okay. My our PE coach was like, Hannah, um, he asked my sister too, because we were kind of tall and like, I don't know, we, I don't know, he wanted us to be on the team and um, he was like, oh, you guys should be on the team. And I was like, okay, well, like, what does that mean? Like, I was like, I don't know anything about rowing. This so, was in Sweden? Yeah. Nice. Um, so then, we, we, I mean, we started on the row machines and then he was like, you should get in a boat. And I was like, I don't know. And then it just never happened, but. I was, I had no clue really what rowing was. I mean, I knew of the sport, but I had no clue what it even meant. I just ran track my whole, like when I grew up. So I was like, this is completely new to me, but. Do you guys get to talk shit in rowing? Cause that's my thing is when I compete, I, I'm talking shit, you know, I'm yelling at the other boats. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get, is there any mental edge that I can get inside with the boat next to me? Right. Like if I can do the competitors get to at least stand next to each other before we get in the boats or anything like that. Cause you know, if we're talking track and field, I like to, that's, that was my thing, right. I'd be in there and be like, Hey man, it's going to be a bad race for you. All right. I don't know what to tell you. I'm out there. So you might as well get a good look at my front now. Cause you're seeing the back all day, every day. All right. I'm lane three, you you know, you're lane three, I'm lane eight. You're, it's just not happening today. So that's how I'd be out there with Rowan. Are you able to like kind of chirp at people a little bit? Or So that, that's a great question, actually. Um, <laughs> rowing is a definitely a unique sport. Um, so you train every day, hours and hours, all the time for a six-minute race. Yeah. <laughs> and at the race, you show up, you know, you, you take your boat off the trailer, you rig it up. Um, you get it on the water, you do a little practice run or something, you know, maybe depending on the race, you have some heats to go to finals or so forth, or it's just a, a, a duel, a one-on-one. So you don't do any heats. You just have a straight race. Yeah. And, um, you, you, you go, you do your warm up, you do your race, you get off the water, you derig your boat, you put it on the trailer after that, you know, you could have like awards and so forth and whatnot. Um, but for the most part, you actually don't really have much interaction with the other teams. Mm-hmm. You may see them somewhere else rigging their boats or so forth. The only interaction you would have for the most part, and yeah, when you're on the water, it's rowing, you know, it's more of like a, a very kind of prim, <coughs> prim and proper, you know, uh, very respectful kind of sport. They, they, there's no like just yelling at other teams while you're on the water. Um, but afterwards, you do bet jerseys. So it's been a long tradition that you bet your shirts. Oh, okay. So, and what does that mean? 
after the race, whoever wins gets the shirt of everybody they beat. Oh, that's oh, wow. cool. That's like you get to take their head. Oh, yeah, I like right. that. <laughs> so if you win, that if it's a duel, you have that other team comes up to you, and the, and usually you do seat for seat. So say I'm a bowman, um, their bowman and I would I like exchange that. shirts. Wow. I like that. Right. And then um, if you do the big races where you're racing like 18 other teams and you win, you get a lot of shirts. You get a lot of shirts. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of like the thing that you, you go for. But up to that point, like you're pretty much in your own team and your own thing. Yeah, not competing against talking. yourself at that point. Yeah. yeah. I do have a, a, a kind of barking at each other sort of story as well. Uh-huh. Um, so after my rowing days in college too, from getting into outrigger, also got me into dragon boating. We were in uh, Canada at the world championships and we're doing this, uh, the 2k race there. And this is a, a, a 500 meters up around a buoy back and you do a couple of laps. Mm. Right. And so they stagger everybody based on the previous world championships finishes. Okay. And so, um, you know, they had a couple of teams were going and then we're going and now we're like, all right, well, we're chasing these guys down mm-hmm. now. Uh, and it was the German team was in front of us and we ended up kind of marching up on them and the goal is to try to get the inside of the turn too. So we're, we're pushing to get the inside of the turn and these guys are big too. We're also kind of a bigger team as well. You know, we got some six foot six, six, seven guys That's also, crazy. uh, a handful of, you know, and, and here's the German team over here. And one of them just turns his head and says, you know, and like, you know, you know, it's kind of barks at literally like barks at us. And then the guy sitting in front of me turns his head over at him, you know, and he just kind of barks back at him. You know, and, just, and, and for me, like, I love this man. Like yeah. I, f- I feed off of like any kind of excitement, like mm-hmm. any kind of noise, anything that's happening. Like, I love it, man. Yeah. This is, you know, and, uh, I didn't personally bark back, but like I'm, the, I definitely am like feeding off of it. Oh, yeah. dude, I loved it. Yeah, that that's kind of like a thing. And if, and then after the race, you know, we're sort of friends with some of them. When you've done a few world championships and stuff, you get to know some of the other paddlers who are regulars. You know, definitely you see it at these places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's. But yeah. that 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 was uh, one of my funner <laughs> moments. Just yeah, barking. My my yeah. thing is, I'd be I'd be down to be like the hype man. You know, I think I whatever I lack in uh, talent, I'd be able to make up for in yeah. entertainment or hype. So I need to be able to be like one of the guys in the front of the boat or something, and be like, "All right, guys, come on, keep it up." You know, like I, I just yeah. or um, like get a little megaphone and just start like screaming at people. I'd be that guy. They'd, yeah, that'd definitely be fun. I want to yeah. try and, that one day. And that's a reason why I love the team sports because you have a collection of different personalities mm. on a team. That when in the form of rowing or even if it is like a basketball or whatever, where you have like basically kind of like a symphony going on, right? You have some sort of sense of coordination. Mm. Um, But because you have different personalities, like I feed off of your energy, you know, and then so so everyone kind of has and then another person could kind of maybe help calm you down or something like that. We all kind of like help each other Mm. um, in a way. And that's why I love like the team sports because it's there's a beauty in getting multiple people to do the same thing, right. you know, to like have that understanding uh, all be in the zone at the same time, you know? And when that happens, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, you know what's kind of funny is um, like, that's something that I'm not saying I'm missing it, things like that. But when you, I take things that I've grown up with team sports, cause we work out with each other every morning and, you know, I've been sort of like teaching Hannah how to lift more and just, you know, overall like body health and things like that over the past year or so. 
but sometimes you don't like when I'm so like I notice you're tired, right? So I'll kind of crank it up a few notches mm -hmm. to be like, that. yeah, because usually if you let's say you're here with the track team, if I'm all right, guys, you know, fuck yeah, let's get after it. It's like five in the morning. Come mm -hmm. on, like why are you so excited, right? But I'd rather that and you feel that energy than like the negativity of just being like, yeah, it's dark out, like it's cold, it's so. Well, it doesn't have to be negative. Just be neutral with it. Like I'm, I mean, my mom, I got this from my mom clearly. We, we also are pretty addicted to coffee. So if I don't have my coffee early, early in the morning, it's, it's not good. Um, when we wake up, you, I mean, you're excited from the start. Just like like you're just like out. so ready to go. It takes a little bit longer for me to, to get to that point. Um, so I think it clashes a little bit <clears throat> sometimes. Um, when that's, I think that's why I don't always like working out in the morning with you. <laughs> Cause I'm like. You're a little much. Like, I'll go on my run, you go on your run, and then we can meet up in the middle and do our lift. And the thing is, is sometimes you just look so depressed that I feel bad, so I don't know how to gauge you. Or I'm like, I I, you look abused sometimes no, when you're out there on your run. I think I'm just like, mm, like, let's get it over with. Like, so you're I'll, not I'll upset, I'll wait. No, I'm not upset. I'm just like, like, just don't talk to me. Okay. Like, it's okay. All like, right. I'll talk to you in 30 minutes. Sounds good. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I, I mean, we know now. Like, when we go on our run, all right, just let you do your thing. Maybe then, that's right? why I I never... I I always liked track because it, it was a team sport, but you were, like, an individual in it. I was never the biggest fan of, like, an actual team sport, like soccer or anything like that. Um, I just felt like... Maybe I just had really bad teams. Who knows? But... I just felt like no one was really doing the best they could. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, if I'm doing the best I can do and like I'm actually putting effort into this, you should too. But here you are, you're not doing that. It pisses me off. So like I don't I didn't feel like carrying the team or carrying the weight of like you're messing up. That means that I also have to take the blame for it. I, I couldn't do that. Also, if I messed up I would feel bad too that now the whole team suffers because I didn't make the goal or something like that. Did would, did you ever feel anything like that or was it always like you're always a team? Yeah, for sure. And I think definitely when you're going through school and mm -hmm. stuff like that, you're going to have people who aren't trying as hard because they're not maybe not, not as interested in it as right. you are or something. And then when you go to the next level in college, you, everyone's really like mm. pushed to be a part of a program and you're taking the people who were initially interested in it and, you know, performing the best they could have because now they made that team. And then from that, then you go to the, the professional team. Now you're getting like a collection of like the really, really like people are very, they're professional, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so as you kind of go up, yeah, for sure. But I understand like when you have someone that's not working mm. hard, that was like, you know, a thing with like Kobe Bryant, right? I was like a maniac about training and yeah. everything. And he saw someone else, you know, and some people would ask him, Hey, why don't you pass the ball? He goes, cause that guy doesn't work hard. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not going to pass him the ball. I know, I know my abilities. Yeah. I know I work hard, you know? So he trusted himself too, more so. So mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. That's, that's a thing. And, uh, as a coach too, when you, you can see like some of the people, maybe they're not putting in as big an effort or so forth. Uh, to me, like you, you're kind of like a, uh, we call it like a, a part of your environment, right? So if you put that person who's not really working too hard or something and then put them up with the, the top athletes in that sport or in the, in crew would be in that boat, put them in the, the A boat, you know, and you surround them with the people who are working hard, maybe something sparks with that mm. one, that one person. And now they ended up kind of, so if you're surround yourself with people who are better than you, 
you're going to go with it. You, right. it. It's like when something good is happening, people want to be a part of it and they kind of follow it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that in, in a coaching perspective as well, to try to get the best out of the team that you have, uh, you want to try to spark the interest, spark mm-hmm. that kind of work ethic where, and some people it just, it's not their personality sort of thing. Like I know my personality, actually, I don't like training by myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I need the energy of other people around me. And I, I grew, I grew up with three older brothers. So I grew up in a competitive environment. I grew up in a like, you know, protect my gummy bears or they're going to get right. you know, or whatever <laughs> or anything. I just yeah. always wanted to be better than them. Mm. You know, okay. Simple thing is like Mario Kart or something. Well, I want, I want to beat them or racing. Right. So, and that just is my personality. I'm, I am very competitive. Um, so for me, but having those people around me, okay. If I'm in a boat or if I'm running and someone's next to me, I got to be a step ahead of them. Mm. I could be a, a couple inches ahead of them at least, you know, and that's just me. So if, if I just go by myself, I'm like, just, I get lost in my mind yeah. too much. I think, I think me and venture are very different. Cause I think you love the hype and you love like yeah. really getting into it. I would like, I have no problem working out on my own, having my headphones on and like, mm-hmm. that's it. Like I don't, I almost get upset when you're like, let's go. Like, I'm like, can you chill out? Like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear that. Um, but you're very opposite. Cause you just, yeah. you, you love that. Like you need that. Yeah, I mean, take the hill, for example. Uh, we're running up Signal Hill a lot more. We're trying to get up there a couple times a week. Have you ever hit the Signal Hill? No, there? but I've ran hills before. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Well, it's the most aggressive hill here. It's, it's crazy. It's one of the yeah. best in SoCal for, like, sprint work. There's a lot of, like, top athletes that will go hit that hill. So you'll see some serious, like, some NFL guys sometimes, you know, some, like, high-level Olympic cool. people. And uh, especially over COVID, too, because there was a track right next to the hill, too. So there would be, like, Olympians running, and then they'd go hit the hill, like, once or twice a day. But, yeah, it's a mental thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm wrestling. You're just dealing with me wrestling with myself. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm doing is, like, I'm just (laughs) talking to myself the whole time, trying to stay as positive and negative as, like, possible. We don't Mm -hmm. know what happens. But, yeah, like... You're talking about, I kind of want to transition all the work ethic that you're talking about into what are some of the best things that you've found being a business owner? What is some, I don't like to use the word advice, but just information, because I don't like to push like, oh, you should do it this way. You know, what are some of the best ways that you've found controlling your own kind of narrative and business that you would like to maybe give to a young mind? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like... Some, somebody that's thinking about, well, I want to do this. Let's say they're coming out of school, right? Oh, I want to do this, but this is the smart way to do things, right? This is I, what this path looks like, getting a corporate job or something like this. But I really like chairs, and I'm scared to start a chair business or something like that. What would you say to them? I think um, for me, it, it's uh, you don't know till you try it. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I kind of naturally sort of fell into the business. And to me, I just like learn as I go. Okay. If, if uh, I stumble across something and figure out how, how can I fix it, how can I make it work, how can I keep going forward sort of thing. Um, and yeah, but one of my biggest things is you don't know until you try it, right? Mm-hmm. So like your story about rowing when you're in eighth grade, ninth grade, you said, uh, you don't know until you try it. Mm-hmm. You didn't actually get in that boat on the water. That could have been the moment that you're like, oh man, I actually love this. Because um, some people are in rowing, People are land rowers and water rowers. Mm-hmm. Some people are fine on the, a machine, but machines don't float on the water. Some right. people are good with like controlling an oar and the balance in a boat and stuff like that. It's a little bit different dynamic for sure, but also being surrounded by water, you know. But in business wise, like um, I was kind of new to it all. Um, but for me, I'm always like 
to try to keep going forward. So like, say, I know some people are like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Oh, it's not like the perfect design yet. Or it's not the, just get into it. Just start doing it. And for me, like I said, at that, that fair, I got so much feedback from the people. Okay, now I know. Maybe I can tweak this recipe a little bit. Maybe I can do, you know, but also learning their palates. You know, what do they like? This person said they like this about it. This person, this is a very common kind of thing. Because in food, we all have different palates of different receptors on our tongue. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't like cilantro. It's about like a six to eight percent of people. Mm-hmm. So if I do a, a big, you know, heavy cilantro sauce, well, six to eight percent of people aren't going to like it, right? And you already have so many people that don't like cert- so much, you know, heat to it. Um, but um, I think overall, for me, because I do every part of the business, that from learning through all the permits, learning through all the licenses, learning through all this stuff, I had no idea about it. I didn't go to school beforehand and then they were like, okay, this is the pathway that you would take. Uh, even with Google nowadays, try to look it up. How do I start this? Mm-hmm. Where, wh- what's the first permit that I need? What's the, you know, um, you know, and to me, I learn a lot by asking questions, by talking to people. So, uh, if I'm interested in something at the time, I'm more likely to talk about it regularly with many different people. And then of those many different people, you may get one or two that are like, oh yeah, I'm, I used to be in that business or I am in that business. And then you can start picking their brain. Um, and fortunately I did come across somebody who was, is, was in the food industry is still, and they helped me out early on. Cause I asked them questions. Okay. What's my path? Okay. You need this permit to get this license. Okay, but I can't get that permit without having that license. Mm. And this was the weird thing about me because when you when you Googled it or tried to look into it, uh, it was like, wait, the county's not communicating with the state. The state's not communicating with the <laughs> county. Oh, no. How do I get either of these things? So to me, I was like, just called one of them, said, hey, schedule an appointment. Mm. Schedule the appointment. They came down and they said, where's your county permit? I said, I don't have it. I can't get that without yours. That sounds like America. And then that happened. <laughs> then, and then I ended up getting it. And then it was like, yeah. So right. um, in my particular, um, obviously, industry, you need, for me, I fall under canning. So I need a canning license. If I, someone else wants to start a hot sauce business or a jelly business or whatever, you would need a canning license mm. to, to, to do that. And some people, it takes months to get it. Some people either want to do their own production or some people don't. So they go to co-packers, have someone else who does have a canning license produce their product. Right. And then in my case, I know the quality of my product won't be the same if I'm not making it. Because I get into like crazy specifics with it where, okay, what's the best food you've ever had? It was food that was made for you. Uh, and the person who was making it really, really cared for every single step in that process. Yeah. You know, they didn't just throw salt in it or uh, spices or whatever, or they just kind of stirred it and walked away, whatever. They paid attention to how it was sizzling and bubbling or whatever, boiling, you know, how much steam, what's the sound of, of it, you know, what's, what's it smell like too, you know? It's not like a, let's set a six minute timer and it goes for that long and then I take it off. No, mm-hmm. I mean, every time it's a little bit different. So they're caring for every step and then that's what makes like good food. So, um, so that's why I per- do my own production mm. and make my own product. Um, but I think probably a number one piece of advice or something I could give someone is, I mean, probably my, my number one thing is you don't know until you try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just once you start doing it, you'll learn. And okay. One of my rules from a long time ago as well, I have these little mini philosophies of life is, um, the worst thing that's going to happen is you get better. <laughs> right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a cool thing too. 
Uh, it's not like your business is going to disappear right. and go away. Maybe you came across like added fees or something. Okay, you can overcome that. You know, mm -hmm. you can, but you learned now how and what the process is mm -hmm. like and so forth and what not to do now in the future. And hopefully you've talked enough to people where you can sort of avoid that. Uh, and then if you do your research and so forth, you know, if you're interested in something, you're going to be reading books, you're going to be kind of, you know, getting, getting into it and learning more and more as you go. Yeah. Um, but I love those little sort of philosophies kind of things, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, I call them rules for life. Yeah. This is why I love philosophy. Cause it's like one sentence can teach you so much. Yeah. And if you ever steer away from it or don't follow that rule, it teaches you again. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Hannah, would you say our generation right now or just kind of the times, the fear of failure is probably higher than I think at least my parents. Well, I think, I think that, um, keeps people away from doing a lot of things. And there's always been an average level of fear. People are lazy, you know, stuff like that. But there is definitely a heightened thing that I would feel right now of, um, like I, we work so hard to obviously take that out of our household and just fucking try whatever you can do, send it whenever. Mm. But the idea of like, if I fail, it's the end of the world. Just because think about it from high school, from a young age, if I fuck up this class, that means I don't get into the college I want. If I don't get into the college I want, you're even doing it right now, like finishing up with your school, right? They're saying, oh, you're, if you don't apply for graduation by this date, we're not going to give you your degree. Things mm. like that. Like that's so different from how I think and how I'm wired that like, that's why going through school was just the biggest, it was like pulling teeth because I knew that like, this stuff isn't how the real world is working. And then they finally gave me that piece of paper, kicked me on my way, and I was like, oh, I get to do whatever I want? Cool, I'm doing everything that I want and making it happen and we're building everything and things are working out. We're in the beginning stages of something really big that we're growing and I really love that like, we have that mindset, but it's just crazy how some people really will be like, no, I don't want to try that because if I fail, I'll look dumb, right? Mm. Or I'll look stupid when you really don't understand that nobody's really looking at you like as much as you think you are, right? Like looking at yourself. worst case yeah. scenario, like let's just say, oh my God, the hot sauce business. Oh, you wake up tomorrow and you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. But I spent the past several years perfecting this thing, right? And it's like, okay, no one's going to knock on your door and be like, oh, Dave, you idiot. Like this and that and that, right? They're just going to be like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're trying your next thing. Like I still, or they're busy with their own thing that they don't really think about what you got going on. And it's just like, once that was my biggest thing for me was once I realized like, hey, nobody's really looking at venture. The only people that are really looking at venture, probably you because you live here, maybe Kino a little bit. And he's like, <laughs> hey, give me food. But other than that, like I'm free to do whatever I want. Yeah. And there's no like time limit or constraints on what I do. So start a podcast, you know, do this, do that, like whatever. I mean, even with the podcast, it was like we didn't we just used Google and YouTube to figure out how the hell did we do this? And we had to buy a bunch of different equipment and that didn't work. Got to send that back. Yeah, and it was we a shit get, show for a little it while. It was very hard figuring it out, but then it's like, but we learned from it. And then now we get people that ask us of like, Oh, how do you, how do you start a podcast? What equipment do you use? And then now we can be like, Hey, don't do this, do this instead. Like just buy these mics. It'll make it a lot easier for you. Use this software um, it's just really cool that we get people that, cause it looks very easy. Like it looks, you just set up some mics and some cords and you just talk and that's it. But it took a lot to figure it out and it did not sound great in the beginning. And it like, it does take so much time and effort into figuring it out. And then now that people are coming and asking like, 
how do you do, you do it? it? Yep. Just asking for advice. It's kind of cool that like what we do can kind of inspire other people to just do something similar. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome because as we start to continue to master this craft, the better we get at it, the easier it looks. Mm-hmm. And then therefore it looks like we've done less work. And I love that. Like, I want this show to be so seamless that people are just like, oh, yeah, I could do something like that. Or you're not working very hard. And then, oh, yeah, it's easy to get sponsorships or funding or things like that, right? Because you've perfected your craft. Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing. And it's just really cool. Like, oh, yeah, hot sauce. Yeah, this this bottle looked easy to make, right? And you're like, no, everything, the cap, the label, the, the coloring, the everything. ingredients, just get it. You don't even know what the work it took to get it from here to your hand that makes it happen. And like, I love hearing about just like the opening up the back of the clock, right? And just seeing all the little pieces that are clicking and clacking. It's awesome. But um I have a question with your flavors. You you said that you have like a curry one and you have like, you know, like something for sushi. Did you feel like there was a lack of kind of diversity in the hot sauce industry that made you like want to create these different types of like flavors? Yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, my dad was very into nutrition. Mm. Um, he used to, you know, when we'd go out to the beach, play beach volleyball, whatever, and he'd have this big thing of water and it was green. <laughs> they put algae in it oh really and wow. uh you know i'm a little kid we're drinking sodas and stuff and whatnot and i'm like he's like do you want do you want some no i don't want that you know? <laughs> swamp water yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of course now I, I you know i'm pretty healthy and drink stuff like yeah. that too um but for me overall like i've always been into food and uh, nutrition sort of thing and then um why i started cooking early on too was i figured if i could get myself this skill this early in life it's going to benefit me for the rest of my life. Um, I can, I'll be able to fend for myself and cook very healthy food. Uh, and so that's why I, how I ended up kind of getting into it early on uh, and being into healthy food. So like obviously in our overall kind of, you know, commercial system, uh, there's a lot of like sugar added to many products. There's a lot of like different preservatives, different things. And obviously, yeah, you need to keep food from going bad and from people getting sick, right? That's the number one thing. Um, but sometimes it's a little overboard, you know? Uh, and it just depends. Like, I mean, for me, I just want people to like have good food and understand what good food is, but it also be like something healthy for them as well. So for me, like, yes, any over the counter sauces or, or things, in a store, oh my God, there's so much sugar in it. No, I'm mm. not even going to touch that, you know. Oh, there's this, okay, I don't even touch it. Oh, it has this emulsifier in it. Okay, it's likely there's very, very watered down kind of thing and not very flavorful. Um, so, yes, I did see, obviously, uh, you know, I can't buy any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, make it myself kind of thing, you right. know. It's like, and, and I do make a lot of things myself. Like, I do my own Worcestershire sauces and mm. other things. Like, and I always say, well, hey, someone made that that means you can make it too right you know so i would just kind of learn you know and and just you know every day just get better at it like from when you're starting the podcast like yeah it probably didn't start out seamless and perfect but you'd get better each day Mm -hmm. and now you're getting more and more to where people can see and be like man that did look easy Mm. people who are really really good at what they do they make things look easy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's awesome As we kind of start to land the plane here with this interview, man, appreciate you coming on again. We sort of kind of like to close on two questions. Is there anything that we, is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't ask you so far? 
Um, <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> so uh, something like from what you were just saying before of like in, you're in school, you have to go through this, you need this, you know, class done before you can move on and so forth, right? Um, to me, when I was in school, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, why am I going to go get a degree in something if I don't know I'm actually going to even like that? Mm. Um, so I kind of like postponed and sort of waited, right? So I got, <coughs> got my AA in, at, from Orange Coast, and then I decided to choose the experience route. And so I uh, just ended up living out in the world kind of thing. And this is where I, I honestly probably learned the most. And all of those experiences, meeting so many people, getting involved in different uh, things, even if it were like sailing or something. Well, I got involved in sailing and then that was, I was able to travel over here and then I met someone there that had an impact on my life that, you know, and even if it were like I learned one little philosophy kind of thing from some person or whatever, or hey, they were in this industry and I learned a little bit about that. And then, so for me, like the biggest thing for me was the experiences mm -hmm. of traveling everywhere and um, being out in the world and you know, I was working in a little indoor rowing studio making like nothing. I was sleeping on a couch. I was paying $100 a month to sleep mm. on a couch. This was the best time of my life. And it ended up teaching me, okay, what what do I want to do? Um, of course, I ended up, you know, in the water sports still. And, you know, but because I was so interested in it, that is definitely what I wanted to do. I became a coach, obviously stayed as an athlete in it, uh, ended up learning all the different avenues of it and meeting I was at an aquatic center where you have all of these national team Olympic uh, coaches and athletes and stuff. And every time people would come in from other countries, I would talk to them and hang out with them. I'd go to barbecues with them and spend time with them and try to try to join practices on the water. Or just even every time they would go, I'd watch them, you know, because you're learning from the best. Yeah. And so um, that's just like the, the experience of all of that led me to be where I am, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I didn't take that normal, everyone's a little different, right? Um, I chose to have the experiences early in life. Now I'm trying to like kind of develop a foundation and so forth, you know, yeah, as, that's awesome. as someone who wants, you know, a family and, you know, to mm -hmm. try to just kind of keep building in life, you know, yeah. it's like a, um, so I, I am grateful that I chose that route. My yeah. fiance actually chose the other route, mm -hmm. you know, um, she's a, physician's associate so she went through the medical uh, field which is a lot of schooling and everything and now she has a you know a great job and this is but she hasn't been to 10 different countries or more that i have or right. done all this you know what's stuff your fiance's name danielle. danielle shout out to danielle yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's cool i man. think it's important to highlight because i think uh, i grew up in sweden um and over there the pressure to go to college is not as crazy as here i think here it's very like after high school you go to college and then you mm -hmm. and then you do whatever else you know but out there it's like a lot of people take a gap year or even multiple years where they travel or they work or they do other things instead of just going straight to college because mm -hmm. um, i mean not a lot of people know what they want to do when they're 18 and they're graduating high school you a lot of people don't know that so just the fact that you're supposed to go to college just because it's, it's kind of stupid to me. Um, so I, I, I mean, I've been very fortunate to travel a lot. Um, I've grown up in kind of a lot of different countries and stuff. So even though I'm, I am taking the traditional route of going to school, 
um, I still have experienced a lot and you and I have started to travel a lot together now too. Um, But I think it is very important to highlight that you don't have to go that traditional route, go to school because that's, and and not like school is just not for everyone either. Like we all learn in so many different ways. Now I, I, am pretty good in school like i thought is kind of no, a you're way not pretty for me. good you're one of the best to fucking do it you're designed i learn very you're, well you're in a school. monster academically yeah. um but like you're not so no. like the fact that that pressure is still on you to go to school is like yeah. that doesn't really work because you you learn from doing things and experiencing things and meeting people i was people. paying off teachers and doing side deals <laughs> and know. having fucking kids do my homework yeah. and i was I was mean in those streets, yeah. you know, making it happen. But that's just fucking what you got to do. Like the pressure that I had to pay for tuition, pay for this apartment, let's say, pay for it. Like I was holding seven things. Mm-hmm. And then when those seven things went off and they were like, hey, go build whatever you want. I was like, oh, you guys haven't even seen people like me. You know what I mean? Like I just started going and they're like, hey, why are you here so early? Because I'm broke. That's why. Like, you know what I mean? We got to get we got to keep the lights on around mm-hmm. here. Nobody comes in that early. Yeah, I know. Like, that's why I'm here. That's why you guys hired people like me so that we can get this thing off the ground, Mm -hmm. make this one of the best, you know, financial firms in Southern California. Like, this is what we got to do. So it's just super cool. Where would you travel right now if you could go blank ticket anywhere today? Where would you want to go? Likely, I would. I mean, to me, one of my definite bucket listers is India. Mm. Oh, that would be cool. Culinary wise. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I've been to Southeast (coughs) Asia. I've been to... China and uh, Japan, I definitely want to go to. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I've been all over Europe. Uh, the Middle East would be really, really cool too. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to go a lot of different places, mm-hmm. but uh, India just because of the I think the impact in learning uh, culinary wise, you know, that's a good one. Where would you go right now, Hannah? I think because we're talking about Italy a lot, and we've seen pictures of Italy, oh. I think I would go to Italy. Italy, would I've be never your been pick. there. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Italy would be fire. Have you been to Italy? I have a few times, yeah. What's your favorite part? Um, my favorite part, I mean, when, when I was 14, I ended up going to Sorrento. Mm-hmm. I really liked Sorrento. Um, my my Now I have in-laws in northern Italy as well. Oh, Beautiful. cool. You know, they look up at so the Italian your fiance Italian is from Alps. Italy? Huh? My fiance is from Miami. Okay. My brother's wife. Okay. Oh, Italy. brother. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think if I had to throw a blank ticket on right now, I'd go... Um, Riding scooters in Tuscany. It's, oh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, that sounds oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Rent a scooter. That I'd sounds nice. It. Yeah, rent, <laughs> I mean, anywhere you go, though, rent a scooter, yeah. right? My, <laughs> Mallorca is one of my favorite places I've been to. Mm. Okay. Um, still. Yeah, that's a Balearic island, Spanish island. So, okay. Yeah, kind of off dope. the coast of uh, mm-hmm. Barcelona. That's dope. Yeah. I like that. I'd go to South Africa right now. Mm. I'd go check out South Africa just because. Go surfing. Yeah. Yeah, with the sharks. I'd be down. Yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, I'd like to really improve our surfing skills too. That's something we need yeah. to put on the list because we love the water. You know, stuff like that would be really cool. But um, the final question that I have for you, man, who is like two to three people that you would like to see on this show that maybe we could reach out to sometime in Southern California and see if we can get them in your seat. Uh, they could be business owner, you know, athlete, old, young. It doesn't matter, like, the criteria. Just interesting people that you really rock with that we could reach out to. Um, okay. He lives up in Oregon. Okay. But to me, this is one of the most interesting men in the world, to me. 
I like know, that. You know the Dos Equis commercials yeah. or whatever? <laughs> to me, this guy is that. Like, he's built homes from the ground up. He's had, like, mobile sauna businesses. He's lived in many different countries and such. And uh, just an overall, like, really so interesting that, like, you would have a million questions for him. Um, it's my very, very good friend who's basically like a brother to me. It's his uncle. Um, we call him Vitek. Vitek. Yeah, yeah he's Polish. Okay. Uh, mm. His name's Vitold. Mm. Yeah, we call him Vitek. This is, he, he, people like that earn nicknames, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, and then, of course, I would recommend the, my mentor, uh, Mike Pearson. Okay. Um, so he was, he was actually in the um, food industry. Uh, we were just uh, joking around the other day, you know, because when I was younger and I was, you know, an athlete and stuff, people would be like, hey, what do you do for a living? I go, I make boats go fast. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and for him in the produce, he'd go, he'd uh, be like, I sell melons. <laughs> Whatever, you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, but but um, just everything he's gone through in his life, um, I think he has a lot of wise things that he could say as well. Okay. That's yeah. cool. That's awesome. What about your fiance? What does she do? Uh, she's a physician's associate. Oh, yeah, you're right. You said that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, she's in aesthetics. Okay. Um, but she grew up in Miami, so um, she speaks Spanish as well. Um, she's done a lot of traveling and uh, stuff. But, you know, that that's going to be a lot more on like a uh, kind of educational level mm-hmm. of, you know, if you pick her brain about all the tiny details about the human body kind of right. thing, you know? Uh-huh. So, um, and I, and I, and I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love listening to that. That mm-hmm. would be really cool to have her on. We're always looking for strong female voices to mm-hmm. have on. Right. Yeah. So that's cool, man. Oh yeah. She's really good at what she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. I like that. Well, well, how's your first podcast experience been, man? Yeah. Great. I feel like I could go on for another three hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, definitely. This is just like phase one of audio here in, uh, Maybe early 2024, we'll see within mm-hmm. the next few months or so, we're going to start adding cameras up and, cool. you know, maybe Do we'll video. have you back if you're open to coming back yeah. you know, for the video part of it. Yeah, and, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, you got any closing thoughts? Um, I just, I mean, thank you for coming on. It was really, it was really cool having, I mean, when you came home after the, after the fair, you were like, I met a hot sauce guy and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, he's going to be on the podcast. I was like, okay, nice. Like I knew nothing, uh, but I, it's really cool just meeting a lot of different people that, you know, you probably would not have met if you weren't yeah. at that fair or if you weren't, yeah. you know, out and about. And that's, yeah. yeah, thank you and for h- coming. How out. random is it when he goes, yeah, I met a hot sauce guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now people ask me, what do you do for a living? Well, yeah. I make hot sauce. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird to say. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And I mean, that's a cool part about sort of like the roots that we're laying down here in Southern California is it's hard to get, at least with my generation especially, it's hard to get kids in here and to talk and to really connect without you know devices or you know any distractions but when you put a microphone in somebody's face and we're doing a thing of it's just a conversation it's Mm. like we're doing anything special but it looks special i guess when people come in and then you're able to get like imagine if i reach out to like five of my best friends or whatever like hey you want to come sit on the thing right now and uh just talk with no microphones no i'm busy i got this going on you want to create a podcast episode fuck you i'll be there tomorrow Mm -hmm. like (laughs) let's get in here so it's just this weird like hack that we're kind of finding to just get people and you know tricking them yeah it is yeah we're tricking them Mm -hmm. come come in my closet (laughs) or something like that but hey thank you for coming on this has been natural thoughts and talks guys thank you for listening to another episode as always we'll be back with more and um yeah bye bye bye
digest. Yeah. Of Dave. Heck yeah. <laughs> and his hot sauces. That was a good episode. Yeah. I really liked him a lot. Yeah. He's a cool guy. I'm happy. I feel like my my vibe meter was right on that one. Yeah. Right. Could have went either way. No, it was nice. He was very. I think he was very comfortable. I mean, at least it, maybe he wasn't, but it seemed like he was very comfortable. Yeah. Which made I think us comfortable too. We didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like oh we gotta like push something out of him. Like it, it was mm-hmm. very. He liked to talk, and it, I think that's, like, the kind of person we kind of need. Yeah, and it's always good when you have somebody with such, like, a diverse background mm-hmm. with, like, all the water sports that he's into, the businesses, things like that. And, and it's just nice when, when someone comes on that you, like, you don't really, first of all, we don't know him. Mm-hmm. And then also, we are not at all, like, informed or, you know, we don't know a lot about, a lot about hot sauces or anything. Mm-hmm. So just having someone that is so deep in that um just talk about that was really you know what i think is cool about the digest is what do you think is um something that like we should have asked him what what do you think we should have talked more about that we could maybe hit him up for next time he's on i think i would have talked more about like water sports in general i really Mm -hmm. liked it when he was breaking down like new sports with the rowing and all that i wanted to see um if he um i mean obviously now i I know that he has a website because i mean you just find that found that out Mm -hmm. afterwards but um just like do you store everything in a, in a cabinet do you like how do you go lay down he might have to he just lay down lay down kino lay down yeah uh like where do you store all your hot sauces like uh-huh. just like yeah i should have briefed you more he's running a good operation yeah like, it's really solid and the website looks good too mm-hmm. and like things are flowing mm-hmm. nicely but, but just because like he is he, he does everything himself yeah. like like he a makes everything show. like he is you know the one that does everything <coughs> Just yeah. like, where do you, do you have a warehouse? Do you have, like, you know what I mean? Like things like that. I wonder too is how long does it last? What is the right. expiration date on mm. it? Like, is it, does, does he have to let stuff marinate maybe? Like if I make a bottle of sauce today, is it ready to get like used today? Right. Or does it have to be, oh yeah, no, in three days it'll be ready. Or this one's mm-hmm. five days. Like does stuff vary? Or does it all have the same expiration? That's a good question. Yeah. Right. So we'll find be, that out next time. <laughs> yeah. That'll be cool stuff. But, um, Yeah. Really cool guy. Maybe we could have talked more about relationships a little bit too, possibly. I didn't know that he was engaged. Maybe the next until, one too. Yeah, that'd be great. You know. we'll, we'll definitely have, um, I think Danielle was her Danielle, name. yeah. Yeah, so we'll have her on hopefully. If we can get on her schedule, that'd be cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's kind of crazy, Kino, huh? Kino, what, what are you doing? Lay down. He's just got so much energy. He's fine now. <clears throat> yeah, for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, kind of recap how things been going with you. How's life? Life is going well. I've been working a lot. Um, mm. Yeah, I haven't really been seeing you too much. You haven't been hanging around here a lot. It's all right. I'm proud of you, though. I, mean, I kind of had, like, I worked all weekend, and it was kind of all, like, full days almost every single day. Um, and then today I have a full day, 12 to 8.30. What is the most boring part of a shift, and then what's your most excited part of a shift? The most boring part? Um. Mm, I don't know. You don't get bored during shifts, though. I don't really get bored because even if it's like slow at work or like there's no customers coming in, I still have, like I I I'm cool with my coworkers and like the managers and stuff like that. Mm. So it's not like a boring. Oh my god, I just like stand there. And I don't talk to anyone. Um. Yeah. So it's it's weird. It's kind of. You and I are so different. 
Yeah. We're so different. I mean, but in everything that I do too is imagine I couldn't even just stay in a store. Remember even at Pet Food Express when mm-hmm. I was working over there, it was just so weird. Like, what are we doing? I have to, now, luckily there was stuff to do, but even when I go for casual settings, like just going to a bar is pretty hard for me. Mm-hmm. Sitting down, what are, we, what are we doing? What is the goal? Because everybody else doesn't have the same goal that I have. Like, let's say we're mingling at a party or something. Like, are we supposed to be talking? Are we supposed to not be talking? Like, yeah. it's not that I feel awkward, but I feel like I get it. The goal is to do nothing and relax and, you know, be at a kickback, like mm. drink, you know, smoke, do whatever you're doing. But I feel like there's always, like, can we have a game? Like, are we supposed to be playing games? And they're like, no, we're not supposed like, to be playing games. Like, is there ping pong? Is there, yeah, you know? usually, like, that's why. I mean, if we're even at the beach, I always want to do something and have fun out in the waves or do play the little smash ball yeah. is it whereas you're kind of just i just want to lay down I'm kinda like, mm, it's boring i sometimes. think because if i go to the beach or something like that it's to relax because my other days have been like i've been to work or i've been at school and or like i've been doing things like pretty active mm-hmm. so then when i go to the beach that's the time to just like relax and not do anything like take a nap or something you know mm-hmm. i think that's how i operate Mm, i see that yeah well but no i enjoy work though i enjoy like i think the people there makes it very enjoyable like the people i work with yeah for the most part um i think that is what makes it like and like at some other jobs i've been like oh i don't want to go to work today like at h&m i'm like oh i don't want to go to work today but here i'm like i still have that every once in a while but i'm it's not really it's just because like oh i would rather go to sleep you know what i mean um but the majority of times, I'm like, oh, no, I like going to work. I have some pretty crazy stuff I'm about to send you. I got like two or I three. I don't have my phone. Oh, go grab it. You know what? Here, I'll just hand you mine then. Um, let me find it. There was this basically parenting. Oh, yeah, here it is. All right, here. Swipe up and then put it on the, like, you know, so we can hear it too. She's working on How old is that kid? Isn't he like five or five and eight? Something like that? Pass me that. So thoughts. No, I um I get the I get that point and I understand what he's trying to do. <clears throat> but how successful is but he? But it? it's like you're telling this boy to not yell at his mother, but you're yelling at him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it gets messed up. And even within, like, my dad. My dad acted like that, right? Yeah. Not really yelling, but yeah, go aggressive. It's not... Here's, here's what it does. And I'll tell you from my perspective, because I was that kid, mm-hmm. right? It does one thing. 
whenever you see situations like that, all it does is just put me in like a fight mode. Yeah. It just puts me in a, it didn't teach me the lesson. It didn't teach you of like, Hey, like it hurts my mom's feelings or whatever it might be. Yep. So I remember back when you used to say like, Oh my God, this way of disciplining is lazy. Right. That right there Mm -hmm. is pretty lazy. Like what, what we just showed you. Um, if you go two or three steps further and you actually now start verbalizing and reworking like, hey, this is why this happens. If this happens, this happens. And you're able to teach the lesson yeah. throughout it. Go through it. Spend 30 minutes just talking it out, doing it. Then you'll actually kind of be able to actually get those life skills versus the only thing that developed with me through my childhood was like nobody's ever going to put their hands on me if I don't want their hands on Mm. me that's literally all it does and i'm not even at that point babe i'm not even thinking logically do you see what i'm saying it's just there's one thing nobody's gonna put their hands on me or hit me with a belt or hit me with anything um if i don't want them to it Mm. doesn't matter who it is i'm not thinking logically i'm not thinking at all in that scenario it's just get this human being away from me or off of me and that got developed in me and i mean yeah that's like trauma and you know everybody's got stuff like that and little triggers and things Mm -hmm. like that but I didn't like it because there's obviously it's divisive and, you know, oh, that's great parenting. That's terrible parenting. But I don't think you reached your goal the most efficient way that you could have. No, because I mean, and and I also don't. Yeah, you can't. It's like you can't. um, It's like you can only. What is it called? Like when you when you can only end war with love or whatever it's called, like, you know what I mean? You can't continue to fight if you want the war to end like Mm -hmm. you know you have to and with this father he's just yelling and cussing at the child and you're telling the child not to cuss and yell at the mother it's like you can't do that you can't tell him to not do something but you're doing the exact same thing um i think it's very important for kids to learn the the why you don't do anything not just don't do it yeah definitely like you have to tell like teach them and and like you said you might have to be a 30 minute conversation (coughs) of like you you don't do this because this and this and that not just you don't do that because you're gonna get in trouble yeah like you can't say you know what i mean like yeah you want to like use critical thinking you want to help develop that mind And I get the beatings. The beatings are supposed to be, this is the consequence. This is the extreme consequence, right? However, you, it's one thing to be like, yeah, don't do that because I'll get beat. But you also have to, yeah, that is a consequence, but you got to learn the nuts and bolts behind kind of what's going on. Why you shouldn't yell at your mom, not because you're going to get beat, but just because like, that's a rude thing to do. That's not a It's like you can't just be like, oh yeah, I don't steal from my classmates because I'm going to get punished. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, no, like you don't steal from them because it's their stuff. And just like you shouldn't steal for them. Like it would probably hurt your feelings if someone stole your backpack. You know what I mean? So, and just like, I'm assuming the, in the right scenario that the mom is a caring, kind lady that, you know, is doing her things. Now, if your mom's kind of a piece of shit lady and she's rude and stuff like that, like obviously now you have a childhood where you're like, Oh, I had to act nice to this horrible person that really wasn't you know i had to say sorry and thank you and things like that and they never said sorry Mm -hmm. like then that's that dynamic where even within like american culture you know oh i can do whatever i want because i pay for stuff and you're the kid and you just shut up and listen right and that's not cool but the other thing that i had kind of on my list that i wanted to talk to you japanese researchers successfully develop a device that will be able to literally play back your dreams in video sequence 
That's something you need, huh? Uh, I already have it. That oh, no, I actually need it. That's something <laughs> you need. They're basically, why didn't they come to me to ask about this? That's right. They should have asked for my methods of how I remember damn because near every dream. because they don't listen to Natural Thoughts and Sucks. Yeah, they <laughs> should, right? So it's kind of cool, though, that, I, baby, I really have been strengthening this thing. of the. I've been remembering dreams pretty much every night. If it's a good night's sleep, like, I'm able to pretty much piece back together what I was thinking about. Speaking of uh, Japanese, like, inventions like that, it was Japan, right? Yeah. Yep. It was Japanese. Um, and this was a little, maybe like a few months ago, maybe, or, you know, a little while ago, this guy, uh, basically put himself into a dog, uh, body. I don't know if it was a dog body or if it was like, he was wearing a costume. It was very, very, very creepy, but he was basically like a dog now. What? Yeah. And like mentally? Google it. Mentally? What do you want me to Google? Um, Japanese dog man. Japanese dog man. See what you find. Um, who is the Japanese dog man? Known only as Toko, the man spent two million. Yeah. Uh, on a lifelike costume to fulfill his lifelong fantasy of yeah. becoming an animal. Oh, and he looks like this. Like. Uh, yeah, he looks like a like a collie. Huh. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. He's into some weird shit, but yeah. good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever you want as long as it's not yeah. fucking with anybody else, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How else have you been feeling lately? I've been feeling good. Um, getting back into our workouts mm-hmm. and stuff feels good. I've been, I'm, now I'm not really sore, but I was four, sore for like three days. Yeah. Um, you were a little bit more out of shape than I thought you were. Yeah. Like you... We're pretty much starting from ground zero again. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. How do you feel? Because you don't look necessarily out of shape, mm-hmm. but you are, right? Like you don't, you look fit, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're, you're out of condition mm-hmm. right now. So we got to get you reconditioned. Mm-hmm. You can't just really run a 5k. And I mean, that's right. kind of like with the, with people that only lift, you're not in, like, you can lift, but are you in shape? Like mm-hmm. you can't run two miles. Yeah, you want to be as balanced you know as you can I mean? with everything, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, that is a weird thing, isn't though. It, isn't it for you, like, it's a hard thing to be like, oh, fuck, I got to kind of go back up the mountain again? Because I don't really let myself get out of shape mm-hmm. like that. But I also have a lot of, like, biological advantages that mm-hmm. are allowing me to stay conditioned with yeah. minimal effort. I think that's, um, you know, like, this was maybe, like, two summers ago or two, once a summer ago, whatever. We were in, we had a really good routine. We worked out like every single day. We went to the gym at school and then we fell off it. And yeah, like I lost the weight that I had gained, which sucked because I worked really hard to gain <coughs> it. Yep. But then it also sucked having to start back over. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn it, I gotta fucking do this all over again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where I'm at now. Um, but I mean, it feels good. And getting the, back into the cool it though. part is I just need your mindset to be there. Yeah. As long as your head is there, I mean, we can do pretty much anything. Just yeah. It needs to be every day. It's on your, your, your schedule mm-hmm. in your mind. Like, okay, yes, I have this stuff, but when am I going to work out? We didn't mm-hmm. work out this morning. Mm-hmm. You're off at like 830 today. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty high discipline day. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, I'm down to work out anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
as long as the weather contingent on weather mm-hmm. all right now back when i was training anytime anywhere flat out now it's anytime anywhere that there's like reasonable weather i'm yeah. not going to go out in wind like 50 mile an hour wind and mm-hmm. go for a run just to be i'm disciplined yeah yeah. carry the boats like fuck that i'll just we'll do a workout inside yeah but um yeah like are we gonna work out later today i mean yeah it's gonna have to happen at like nine o'clock at night mm-hmm. i guess it happens sometimes you know what i mean like that. <laughs> yeah because i work all day yeah and then you have work too you have meetings and stuff Fucking dave ruined our whole day basically no, no just playing. <laughs> we started off the day good yeah with a good good podcast heck yeah yeah, yeah. that's good stuff yeah. but um what would you say? Cool. Well, we gotta <laughs> land this ship. You saw it lag. Right? Yeah, I was like, oh, a little okay. technical difficulty yeah. right there. But um, yeah, land this ship for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to Vegas this weekend. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to Vegas. We got like a couple good guests to maybe record the mm-hmm. pod with. Going to the rodeo. Mm-hmm. Going to watch some football. That'd be fun. What are yeah. you excited oh, about? Oh, that's right. We're going to the. So when is it? So the rodeo is on what day? And then the I football game the is on. the rodeo is on Saturday. Football game is. Uh. Whoa. Oh, hold on now. The rodeo might be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I know the rodeo is all weekend, but like what day are we going? That's what I'm saying. So it's flexible. Yeah. So I think the, the football game is on Saturday in the morning slash early afternoon. Mm. So we'll probably be back by the time like the rodeo starts at oh, five okay. or six or something you see what i'm saying oh gotcha and then if it's good we can go back on sunday as well so i think we might be rodeoing on sunday football saturday and then friday we'll like record the podcast and then maybe get Kino. we gotta get him his vaccines yeah, and stuff it's a couple things we need to do at his vet up there mm, Oops, that's right. excuse me but that'd be fun though yeah i think it'll be a good time i love our little road trips yeah they're fun they are fun how's vlogging been going for you um not that great um i'm gonna get back into it i think it 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 was it's been hard for me i think because i've been doing a lot of school and a lot of work it's been hard to balance all of that um but i think i'm i'm figuring out just how to balance it and and i can just create like a morning vlog it doesn't have to be an all-day thing if i only have the morning I can still film that. You know what I mean? I think I'm just trying to, or I'm starting to realize and learn that you can do that too. It doesn't have to be a two day thing or an all day thing or, you know what I mean? It can easily just be like, if I only have the morning, I'll do a morning vlog. If I only have the afternoon, it can be an afternoon vlog. So it doesn't have to be like anything crazy. So yeah. Yeah. But I do, I do enjoy That's That's the weird part. Like I, I do enjoy it and I do enjoy editing. Um, so I should be doing it a lot more, but I just, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, 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 I think I'm finding a good balance now. I'm, yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. It really does take a lot of work. And the key is you're never going to get credit for all the editing that you do. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get credit for all the ideas that you have, things mm-hmm. like that. It, when people say like, I can't wait till you finally get to where you want to be. And people are saying that what you did was easy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Then it looks like it looks easy. Cool. That's fine. Just get paid on the back end and fucking keep it rolling. Let's go mm-hmm. on a vacation. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy. Then you do it. Like, that's all you have to say. Just, yeah. All right. Show me what you got going on then. If it's so easy. Yeah. But I love you. I love you. Discipline. That's right. That's all it is. Discipline. That's right.